friends. You don't go over there and shake hands, smile, and hug their neck. Let's knock them on their backs, butt them in the mouth, knock their ass in the dirt. That's what we got to do. We got to stop that buddy ball, smash everybody in the mouth. Hey, baby, we're going to be here all day, baby. I like this kind of party. I like this kind of party, baby. You're in the doghouse with Rick Watson and Big Dog Sports Talk on the WRAD Talk Network. Remember, with great power comes great responsibility. You know what that means? Do you? We're the underdog. We're mutts. My number one play is the power sweep. If you only knew the power of the dark side... Welcome in to Hour 3, the Power Hour, on Big Dog Sports Talk with Rick Watson. Join the conversation now on the Long & Foster Baker Team Hotline, 540-639-4900, or text Rick and the show at Square, Radford Baseball to lead off Dwight Vick in about uh, a little less than half an hour. You digging the tune? Did you like the intro? Can you hear okay at all? I can hear one. Okay, good, good. I did enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little Paul Simon there. Now I'm not as familiar with Paul Simon yeah, as I know. you are. Well, I get to be it. able to just spit it out like <laughs> get, that, so get, forgive me. But. Well, plus I have it up right here. So, <clears> yeah. But, yeah, I know that song. I know that song. Good to see you, man. Great to see you. Yes, it's good. Appreciate Great you coming in. Always enjoy morning in the studio. With, yeah, uh, I know. With my man Rick. We don't do it enough. We don't I know. Do it enough. Uh, well, we had you in last year at the beginning. You were starting your uh, your first year. Now here in year two, you had to come in and assess the program. <laughs> what you had? I mean, man, there's a lot of excitement buzzing around your program right now. Yeah, there is. It's uh, it, it was a great fall. Uh, we've got a lot of new faces. Um, almost thirty guys in our program. Um, awesome fall. Um, just. A great group of kids. Yeah. Great group of kids. Um, tough, competitive, talented. Um, and we've got a lot of depth. And uh, I'm excited about uh, getting out here and playing somebody else. I think our guys are as well. I think uh, we've, <laughs> we've we've gotten to the point, I think, worth, where I think every college baseball team probably gets where they, they reach that point where they're sick and tired of playing each other. Um, but, you know, we've got one more weekend, and then we're, we're ready to rock and roll going down to Georgia Tech. And uh, – I think we're about as prepared as, as any team I've ever coached. Um, just love the consistency that this team brings every day with their focus, um, their passion. Um, very businesslike in the way they go about, go about practice every day and, and the way they get their work in. And um, It's a really, really fun group to be around. 
Well, and I can't profess to know a lot about these new guys yet. I will. But uh, looking at the roster, man, the depth you've created, you and your staff, with the way you've recruited, I mean, it's just night and day from a year ago. <laughs> yeah, you know, first off, you know, when, when we got here, um, we were a little bit behind the eight ball just as far as the timing of, of recruiting and getting in there middle to – yeah, late summer, mm-hmm. you know, middle of July, really to get on get on board, and and you know, with the assistant coaches not getting here till that back end of July, early August, and uh, you know, we really really did a good job of of kind of I would say playing catch up, especially with that high school that high school group. But we did a really good job with the junior college guys, our staff, um, you know, CB Billy. Seth, Corey, they just they were relentless in, in making sure that we found the right players. And, and we're, it's very evident of the guys that are on campus right now. But to your point, yes, our depth has been great. Uh, you know, I think when you start at the catching position, we added two more catchers, Drew Biggerstaff and, and Brady Whitaker. Um, Brady being the younger brother of Zach. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. Um, so we have another Whitaker. Another Whitaker. Another Whitaker in our family, adding awesome. to the family legacy that's all over this program. Absolutely. Um, you, you look in the infield, and we've added four transfers in with Ryland Quinones, junior college kid, uh, Gavin Troutman, uh, transfer from Lock Haven, Hunter Keene, shortstop. He was out of Santa Fe. Um, Carson Bell from James Madison. Um, he's actually a sixth-year guy. He was able to get oh, his wow. fifth year back last year. Yeah, good. yeah, good. He had an injury in uh, in his in his bicep that kept him out, and um, I've known him since he was 16 years old. So it was really that's cool. A really really cool story and, and full and, circle. Yeah, now. it's really yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. Just he's the best, and I can't wait for everybody to get to know him. And another brother, Connor Butler, younger brother. Another butt coming back. Another Butler. Yep. <laughs> younger brother of uh, of the great Kyle Butler. Um, just wonderful family and um, Kyle, uh, excuse me, Connor has been, he's been awesome. So then you go into the outfield and um, we were able to add some junior college guys, um, you know, Corbin Grantham. Yeah. He's going to be out there and right. Yeah. And um, Ben Williams, he's, he's going to add some, some real quality depth for us. And uh, it's position player wise. We're athletic. We can run. Um, we've, We've got guys that can really handle the bat, and I think we're going to be able to create a, you know, create a really good offense, and and guys that are just really, really competitive. Um, defensively, I do believe we can be one of the best defensive teams in the country. I mean, the plays that we make in in air squads, especially on the infield, are really game changing, and, mm-hmm. and and you see those types of plays being made behind pitchers. Um, that's the difference between winning and losing a lot of times. Absolutely, you know you. You make a play that you take for granted in, in what has happened within our inner squads, and then you don't make that play in a game, hit by pitch, through or homer. Now that play's being made. Um, so just really, really excited about this group. Um, they're, they're fun. You can, we can do different things offensively. Uh, we don't have to sit back and, and – Pray that we get a couple hit by pitches and run into a ball. I mean, we can we can play the short game. We can run. We can steal bags. We can handle the bat. We got a bunch of guys I believe that are going to hit for high average, and um, it's 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 been really good. So excited. Alex Guerra in studio with us. Year two for Alex and his program at Radford University. And no more. Hey, HBP baby, let's go. No, no let's go. No more of that. Mm-mm. No more of that. Mm-mm. 
Well, and I think, and I just look at this, and and I know you retained some guys from last year, and you had to, you know, have some, you know, transition with the roster. It it make it feels a lot like what Brent Pry had to do with Virginia Tech's football roster. The way he would come on this show and say, you know, Rick, we had to have some tough conversations, some things we have to do to know where we want to get. And you and your staff have done that about as diplomatically as possible. But you have to do – people have to understand, I mean, there has to be an assessment there. And, and you guys, I think, did a terrific job of that. Thank you. It, yes. It's uh, the same. You know, look, at the end of the day, we won 10 games last year. Yeah. So – and it was, it was our first year. And, you know, my, my job was to come in and, and assess our program and – um, make decisions on on what we needed to do moving forward, and due to the fact that the rosters did increase to forty, mm-hmm. we had a large senior class last right. year. Right, that's another piece of it. And yes, you know we did have have some some tough conversations, um, but but kids that you know I obviously had a lot of respect for, kids that I uh, cared about, but ultimately sometimes it does come down to. You know, it's pretty black and white on yeah, certain things. Yeah. And, you know, when you when you sit in this position, sometimes those decisions can be lonely and they can be very difficult and they're not exciting. I think some people have this this um, perception that head coaches kind of go back into their office and, and they are um, very excited about the fact that they have this power of, of you know, getting rid yeah, of, yeah. you know, having those conversations of getting rid of a kid or – you know, when you get on a kid like that, it's not the case. It's tough. It's tough. You know, when you when you know you're about to make a decision and, and you have to have that, that talk with a kid that, you know, you're you're changing the course of his life. It's that's right. It's not easy. No. But you gotta be at peace with it knowing that it's it's for the it's the best decision, not only for your program, but for the kid that you're saying it to. Sometimes it's you know, allowing them to have a, a change of scenery and a different fit will be ultimately be really great for them but you know that's that's my job at the end of the day right and and that that was our job as coaches and um you know it was we could not have been more lucky as far as getting the right group of kids when you bring in 16 transfers 15 high school kids you know 11 junior college guys junior college players have they got a personality that's right yeah. And if you get the wrong ones, you got yourself a massive problem. And I can tell you that our guys are – I'm telling you, we, we did our homework. We did our research to the best of our ability, yeah. but our guys are awesome. They are the best kids. I can't even tell you how much we, we love being around them. And the great thing is the group that's come back last year, you know, those about 10 to yeah. 12 yeah. players, they've all meshed really well together. That's cool. That's cool. Um. And it's it's a really cool thing as a coach when you kind of see it all come together yeah, the yeah. way with, with the things that you can control with our culture, uh, with the way we go about our business, with the type of player that we have in our in our program, and um, that that meshing of becoming a family is is it's really cool to see. And hopefully that'll translate into some really good baseball this spring. And and I really believe that's going to happen for sure. So says a lot with the way you and your staff went about all this and how they've handled all those personalities. You know, I've been doing Radford baseball games a long time, calling them, and I've never seen, and I said it last year, just about every broadcast, I've never <laughs> seen a staff have to go through as much transition as you did 
starting pitcher's position one through three or four <clears throat> to the bullpen with injury, whatever it was, I've never seen that type of just year where you had to adjust almost every series because somebody wasn't available. It was just incredible what you guys dealt with with your pitching last year. It was a lot. Um, it was a lot. And, and, and our pitching coach, um, you know, Christian Bourne, he, did a, he just did an outstanding job of uh, managing the bullpen um, and also staying positive and, and, and coaching the guys the right way. Yeah. I thought that was something that I, I felt like our entire staff did a, as good of a job as, as we, we could, and, and especially with our, our assistants. They did, like I said, they did a phenomenal job. I mean, it, it's tough. <clears throat> when you go into a weekend series, having you know seven or eight healthy yeah, on the healthy entire staff right. pitchers. <laughs> that's hard. And that's and and that's a drain and, and that's tough because as good as some of those guys pitched, eventually they're gonna run out of gas. At our I have meetings with guys every month with our players, just try to get get around them one on one. And Fleacheck came in. The great Jacob Fleacheck. Oh, the what great a story. Jacob Fleet, what a story that kid was. Guy goes from just walking around campus one day to starting against Virginia Tech. Come on. And he looked great, by the and way. And he did great. He's awesome. And uh, he'll be back, change his slot a little bit. And uh, we were talking about his role, and he's like, yeah, you know, look, I'm, I know my role. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about, you know, coming in and whether I have to get a batter two righties out or go an inning or whatever. I said, well, a lot different than having to, you know, start a game against Tech. Yeah, come in on Friday and throw sixty pitches against Asheville, and then come in the next day and throw another thirty, yeah. and then we have the lead. And for some reason, we couldn't get it out of an inning. We go to Jacob. That's because he's all reliable at that time. If three days in a row, 40, 50 pitches, like we don't have to do those things anymore. Right. I guess right. that's that's kind of the point I'm making is. Last year, I do think, unfortunately, for some of those guys, like you look at Landon and, and yeah. Ty Burton and those guys last year, like they just they just were worn down yeah. so much. Sure, they had to be used so much, and they were very selfless and, and wanting to help any way we could. We don't have to manage the game to get through the game anymore. That's a great point. Yeah, we can manage the game to win. Right, we've got a lot of really good matchup situations. You know, our. our our weekend rotation is going to be, you know, Scott Rouse, Dylan Howard, and Jordan Irizarry. Scott, obviously coming back from his head injury That's last year. That's a great year. story to have him back. Great story. Yeah. And just a quick shout-out to to Dr. B and uh, and John Shefflett for the way they handled Scott. Man, that was tough. Yeah. <clears throat> but, man, they did, they did such a good job of making sure he was on the right schedule, you know, took every precaution possible, and um, – you know, it's going to be a big deal for for Radford Sports Medicine when kid gets hit in the head. Yeah, and a year yeah. later he's back. I mean, he, if this was a contact sport, he'd never play. Absolutely, a sports again. Yeah, he'd be done. Yeah. Um, so you know, they did a great job in making sure that he's back on the field. D. Howe, number two prospect in the league. That if people didn't see that, by the way, that came out the other day. Baseball America, I believe, right? It was uh, some, one of those publications. D one baseball. baseball. D one baseball. Yep. You have the number two draftable um, kid. If anybody in the Big South, man, that yes. says a lot. Yeah, it's awesome, and, and D. Howe deserves it. He was he, great, man. He was. Man, I, I look at D. Howe, and he's he's a special, special kid. Yeah, he really is. I mean, he kind of wore it with us. I looked at him, I said, hey, man, at the end of the day, you and I probably have the two of the worst Wikipedia records <laughs> in 
<laughs> the way it is right now. But we're I said we're going to wear it and we're going to move forward. The poor kid was one in ten. He really should have been one in nine. We brought him against ETSU because we thought we'd throw him in and try to get the save against them. And he was throwing his bullpen that day, and he threw, came in through like six pitches and walked it off. I said, "Dude, I'm sorry to wear that L. Got two in one week, but <laughs> we still joke about it to this day. But man, what a he has blossomed into a really, really special pitcher. Not only that, he's, the way he goes about his business." You know, it, it's hard for younger, and I say younger, I feel like he's been here for, you know, five years, yeah. right? But the moment we got here, he carried himself as an older guy. The way he goes about his business, the maturity, the way he leads, the way he, he sets an example yeah. for guys, the way he yeah. coaches. Um, and those two guys that are pitching on Friday and Saturday, like that's, those are, they're 1A and 1B. Yeah. It was a really, really hard decision that we, we had to make, but... You know, we just felt really good about going with Scott and then D. Howe and then Jordan Irizarry, another Virginia kid. Yeah. And, and he was a Campbell transfer, went to Patrick Henry Community College. Um, left-handed pitcher and another guy really mature in the way he goes about his business. Um, very precise in his routine. Tremendous stuff. Um, ultra competitor and a great kid. Um, so, you know, and, and those will be all th our three starters and we've – as far as the bullpen goes, I mean, we have so many different options. Yeah, we got Drew yeah. Stanley, another junior college guy, who can also start. Raymond Ladd, who was voted the preseason freshman of the year. Right. He's another guy that's going to be in that starting mix slash first guy kind of out of the pen. Um, and along with, with Raymond, we've got Trey Ludy, another freshman. Um, and we've got Brecken Nace, left-handed pitcher, another freshman. Mason Self, two-way guy, local kid from Christiansburg. Yeah, a little Blue Demon action there. Good stuff. And, um, you know, Mason's also – Mason and Brecken are also guys that are, are going to be in that two-way, you know, talk. They're guys that can play first base, DH. Yeah. yeah. Really, really good offensively. Um, I'm trying to think who else we got freshman-wise. I know I'm missing somebody. Well, I understand. You got so many new faces. I know. And I, now I hit a blank. Who else am I, I – I should run my note sheet with it. Oh, uh, yeah. To see, let me just go down. Eli DeRossi's on here. You got Eli him on here. You got. Uh, I'm just looking at some of the names here. Eli will be, be he'll be a guy that uh, hopefully once he gets back from injury, he'll he'll be able to to contribute to us. And Flanagan, and, right? You got all you got well, Flanagan back and, and Parks and, and some of those Great older to see guys that too. Yeah, yeah. yeah Seabrook, he'll be back and um, really really excited about watching the the growth and development of these guys. Yeah. Well, that statement you made is the key right there, folks. They had to manage just to say, how are we going to get to the ninth? Now they can go, how are we going to win this series? Yeah. Win, you know, what a difference that I makes. I think we can look at another team's lineup and you can say, okay, like, yeah. Brecken, Eli, you guys are lefties. Like, these are the lefties you're expected to get out <laughs> late in the game. You couldn't do that at all last year. Right, yeah. Like, <laughs> if, you know, you're up or down three, we can go to this guy. We can match up different guys based off of their – their stuff. So, like, if you have a guy that's got a lot of ride and a lot of carry on his fastball, the next guy you can bring in has got a lot of, you know, sink and run to his ball. So you're you're playing the opposites, or you're playing different matchups, and you're giving hitters a different look. Yeah. And ultimately, that's that's what it comes down to. If you, if you can give guys different looks and mix their timing and 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 change their eyes about what they're seeing, it makes it very very difficult for them to adjust. And if you can fool a hitter for three or four times throughout the lineup. Got a chance to win.
Great to see you, man. Thanks so much for coming in. We'll make sure we have you, you, you do this conversation more often this year. I would enjoy that. Yeah, yeah. I knew what last year was and what you were dealing with, so we just let you kind of – I knew you had to kind of, you know. I think we'll have some good stuff to talk about this <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, this year. So Georgia Tech on the road, folks, a week from tomorrow. College baseball was it's here. It's crazy. It is here. I can't it's believe it's back. Appreciate you, though, man. And I appreciate you as always. There you go. Come You're out and see man, the Highlanders. Buddy. Come out and see the Highlanders, folks. It's a great, great environment. Free admission. Free. Yes, it is. It's the best word in the English language. Come see the Highlanders. Thanks, Coach. Thanks, Rick. We'll You're be the back. Man. Stay see with buddy. us. Head to the bottom of the hour after this. All right, news coming up. The White Pick after that. Final segment here on the third. Thanks again to Alex Square better before that. Stay with us. Five minutes for the top of the hour. Hope you're well wherever you might be. Great stuff there from uh, Alex Square, Radford's head baseball coach. Here two coming up for the Highlanders. Andy Bitter before that. Joining us now on the program. Former all-commerce performer at Virginia Tech. Obviously the voice, in my opinion, the authority on Virginia Tech football. Founder of Victory Life. Helping people on a daily basis. Dwight Vick. Dwight, how are you? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I'm good, man. Um, we actually got a nice day scheduled up here as far as weather. I think it's like high 50s, which I'm not over winter, but I like it when it's like this. I do too. If it's going to be cold, go ahead and snow. Don't tease me. If it's not, just be winter, <laughs> not crazy. <laughs> I'll take early spring every year. I hope the groundhog was right, you know, that we have an early spring because I, I want the warm weather. I can't stand I gotta it. Add that to, I got to add that to my bucket list, man. I got to go see when, uh, what's his name, Phil? Yeah, whatever. Puxatani so, Phil, I think, is what, yeah. yeah. Which, hey, you know, I'm a movie guy, which takes me to one of my all time favorite movies. And I got probably 2,000. I always say that, but I have so many. <laughs> uh, groundhog Day with Bill Murray. Yes. Bill Murray. Great, great flick. Great movie. It, it really is. It really is. Funny, man. Love it. Yeah, anyway, no. yeah. Um, what's what, what, what we got on the agenda today? Well, one thing, <laughs> one thing I want to lead off with, I want to get your take on the importance of uh, Virginia Tech extending their 10 football assistants, right? I mean, uh, a small reward for a sign that things are headed in the right direction. I mean, this is just – it continues that continuity, doesn't it? And all the things positively that Tech has coming back just kind of adds to it a little bit. So check it, man. Full disclosure for you and your listeners now. I'm going to say something I haven't said out loud. <laughs> yeah. really, really since the run to get to the military bowl and then, then the, the game I saw in person where I was soaked in it, you know. Um, but every time I look out at the Berg, man, there's great news coming to the point where I'm just like, is this really happening? I mean, I know we didn't win 10 games and we haven't won a championship as far as conference and playoff bid, but I'm like, man, they just keep every time I look, it's not you know, I'm still I think I got it uh 
post-Fuente trauma where, you know, before it was like an assistant was leaving before kickoff and kids were transferring in the portal during the game. It's the opposite. And I'm just, you know, I'm just like, man, this is really happening. It's just sometimes hard to believe, man, because um, the football program, even though the wrestling team is one of my favorite programs there and their coach is my guy and they got a great, great group of men and staff, the women's basketball team, has a chance to get back to the Final Four. They're playing great basketball. Historically, baseball's been good. Like, we got great sports programs at Tech. Don't let anybody fool you. But football, for the football program is the heartbeat. It gave birth in a lot of ways to all those uh, situations that we have now as far as um, facilities and things like that. And it's just great to be, you know, build a momentum and be relevant in the eyes of uh national media you know every time i look you know you got those two early preseason picks and i just feel good about what i've seen in blacksburg and a lot of people share the same sentiments man so it's pretty cool yeah and i think that's what i was trying to earlier on in the show dwight i was telling tech fan you know what phil what did um uh, andy bitter called it like a shelter pet mentality right now for tech fan they feel like they can't get too excited because they've been let down so many times before but they haven't been yep. let down by this staff when things are headed in the right direction so i'm just telling people look enjoy the ride yeah and you said it perfectly no you didn't win 10 games you, you went seven and six it's not like you conquered the world but boy from what you came out of with the last regime to where this thing is headed and how the staff has stayed together and now you can see the light at the end of the tunnel, you should be able to enjoy the trajectory of this program heading into the spring. Well, it's about caring, man. It's about caring. I was recently um, in Arlington. No, 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 no. I was in Mount Vernon near the military base up here in Northern Virginia. I stopped by to see a friend from Radford. Um, her family was having a baby shower, and there was a bunch of them a lot of them live in Northern Virginia, and many of them are from Christiansburg and Radford, my friend Stacy. And um, and the, the crazy thing is, is that she talked about how she hears me on your show, and then she's got some friends that listen to me on your show. And what I'm, I'm connecting the dots here between <clears throat> the importance of a relationship and how when you care and invest in someone and invest in your people and your community, um, you can't help but win. And what I mean is probably investing and his staff are investing in tech the same way. I make sure, man, I think I'm, I'm, I'm batting at 98%. I've only missed a few shows with you because I care <clears throat> about our business and personal relationship. I care about those fans that want to hear my perspective on the wins and losses. So I, re- I, I respect when they come up to me when I'm in Blacksburg, Christiansburg, or the surrounding areas. Hey, I hear you on Big Dog Sports Radio, man. I really appreciate your insight. Um, I care about that. I do. I want to. I want to make sure I give you my best. The same way, prized <laughs> how he looks at Virginia Tech football. I mean, you can tell they're all in. I mean, they were recruiting about two, three weeks ago, and they hit almost every school. I mean, I was. I live up here, and I went. I have contra- contracts in certain schools up here in Prince William County, up there in Nova. And every time I went into like three schools a few weeks ago, they were like, "Hey, you just missed your guy. They went here." Yeah talking to a couple of our linebackers. And I was like, really? Yeah, probably was just here. You missed them. I was not hearing that a few years ago. And I know we moved forward, but, I mean, he's invested into Southwest Virginia and the entire Commonwealth. They really want to make it their state. And I know people thought it was a shot at UVA and JMU and Liberty at the ACC Media Day when he said this is our state. Um, he's not lying because, truthfully, when Virginia Tech is 
where they are now and where they're going to be and how they build. And I'm not taking no shots any of the program. But if we're on top, this is our state. The interest, the stadium, the facilities, the fan base that will take over your stadium, the truth of the matter is this is our state. But you can't say that and do hashtag if you're not fully locked in, if your players aren't locked in. I saw drones on Boundary Corner podcast last night with my guys, uh, Brian and Curtis and Tally. And, um, you know, Drones is all in. He talked about how him and Ollie Jennings' um, apartments are beside each other, and they talked about how we got to run it back and how he wants to make a statement next year. It is February for everybody keeping track of the calendar, and they're already locked in, and we don't really get going until late August, September. So it just shows you the momentum, man, and the investment because if the kids – Young men, I don't want to like call them the kids, it's a habit, but if the young men in Blacksburg see their coaching staff as invested and the young guys coming in feel that way, that's how you create one of my favorite buzzwords in sports. You create culture, and that culture is starting to grow in a good way. So it feels good right now, and I'm optimistic. I'm not cautiously optimistic. That was last year. I'm optimistic now, so there's levels to it. Dwight Vick joining us on the program, the authority of Virginia Tech football. All right, so this time of year, uh, I meant to ask you a couple weeks ago, but you have this, if you will, a dead period with uh, the roster and so forth. But as a player, why are these two months leading into the spring so important? What kind of things can you do to get your body ready and get your mind ready if you are a returning starter or you're somebody trying to make an impression on this roster? Believe it or not, as corny as this may sound, man, <clears throat> right now this is the best time to lock in on your academics. If you're in your third, fourth, or fifth year, I know with COVID, we got guys in their sixth and seventh, which yeah. is insane to me. Um, you got to lock in on your academics. You know, you probably, I, I, you know, I know it's a little bit different compared to the 90s, but winter workouts and things like that. This is when you get, you, you take that next step as far as your mental physical and academic development and growth. So like, you know, this is the time of year where you can have a more rigorous schedule academically, maybe take that class that you can't take during the season because you have to be done by a certain time. Um, This is the time you also, man, you improve your PRs, personal record breakers on your squats, your bench, your push press, your hand clean. Um, This is also when you fine tune or you get that surgery that, you know, you had to put off during the season. This is kind of like when you take your car to the dealership or Jiffy Lube or you put it on the side of the road during NASCAR and they take the wheels mm-hmm. off and then put them back on. You got to get right, and that's basically what I'm saying. Like, It seems like this is nothing going on, but actually this is a very critical part of the season. We talk a lot about the spring game um, and the spring game practices. Those are essential, but this is a time when everybody gets right. Obviously, you have recruiting. Coaches want to close on a few recruits, make sure people are still committed, locked in that portal kid that you've been going back and forth with trying to make sure he's going to come through and commit. You want to close a deal on that. So everybody's kind of doing their thing. Um, if there's, you know, renovations that need to be done, a lot of times fans may not realize it, but he'll come back, oh, when did they get that? They added that to the scoreboard. Everybody right now in that program has something they should be doing to make sure the 2024 season is a success. And it's the behind-the-scenes work during this time where it seems like it's a dead period or it's dry or there's not much to do. There's a lot to do. And, again, I, I mean, it seems like prize kids are locked in, but I'm going back to my experiences even after I left where you had that guy that, like, yo, I got to get a B in this class. <laughs> I mean, 
everybody is not, <clears throat> you know, a 3.8 student. But at the same time, you know, I speak on the pride Beamer had and a lot of us, many of us, if not all of us, graduating. And um, that academic piece, we forget when we talk about these receivers and running backs and linemen and everything like that, that they are student athletes, even though in today's game it seems like it's more athletic student. <laughs> um, they are there to get a degree. And I still am one of those old school guys where I get happy when I see that picture in the spring or even December when there's like eight, nine, ten, twelve guys with their cap and gown on that play receiver and linebacker and offensive lineman graduating from Tech. How important is it for Coach Crook now? And Andy made the point too. You know, he came in late last year, and I know you watch the offensive line more than any other position. But how important is it now for a guy like that who has so much experience to be able to have that full year to develop his second offensive line here in Blacksburg? Oh, man, again, it's like I just said, building the momentum and making sure guys underhand the scheme. You know, meeting with your coach. You know, it's so funny. It's a great question, Rick, because I remember in my time at Tech and even talking with guys after me, it's the same thing in basketball and other sports. <clears throat> the offseason is when you approve upon those relationships. You know, I remember stopping by in the football offices when I was a student there and I'd walk around and just say, what's up to Bud Foster or sit in Stein Springs' office and chop it up with him, hear about his how his, how his children are doing and, you know, you talk about life. Um, you build that rapport, those relationships, man. Um, whether, you know, you know I'm, a, I'm a movie guy or you're just talking about just corporate America, that those relationships, the rapport you have just makes the environment so much better. So scheme-wise, you know, I don't remember the rules as far as one-on-one or group time, but this is when, you know, you, you get you also, and I'm glad you asked, that you get some film reviewing. You watch and you get a better feel. I will say, in looking at the tape last season, I think the last four or five games of the season, the whole line began to look very, very comfortable. I mean, you go back and watch the second half of that military bowl, they were pushing Tulane around. I know they were missing a couple of play football defense, but um, I believe their star defensive tackle still played, and then they were going to hit the portal, which is another radio show segment in itself. But <laughs> yeah. The offensive line looked really good in the latter part of the season. A pass pro and run block and getting to the next level. So, again, I mean, it's just about, you know, getting familiar with the system and also getting to know your coach. And that's why I saw that tweet yesterday about everybody got extended, prize taking care of his guys, which I've said this before. Beamer has said this historically, and I think this is where some coaches miss on this, no matter the sport. <clears throat> you know, prize is the headliner. But just like a great musical group, a great band with the lead singer, you're not as good as you are without your band or your support system. Sade, I've seen her in concert, is amazing. But people don't realize Sade is her band as well. And when you go to a concert and the music sounds just like it does on the album, that's how you know you got a great band. Mm -hmm. You know, um, Prince and the Revolution. You know, I know I'm going old for some of my younger listeners, but you can pick, you know, you, you have to have that connection. A rapper, even for my hip-hop head, is not as good as he is without that producer. So taking care of Marv and, and, and Price and Pearson and all those guys in, in, in that staff is critical because now you know I'm going to be playing and coached by this guy for the next handful of years, if not longer. And I didn't realize, uh, Rick, to you and your listeners, how spoiled and blessed I was when I graduated. And then I came back 10 years later. I mean, I came back between them. But you came back and you still saw 
um, Coach Charlie Wiles and Bud Foster and Steinspring um, and Tony and Gray and whoever and Coach Kavanaugh for the longest time. Feels real good to come back with, you know, you're married and you have a toddler and you're like, I remember when you first got here and you couldn't even pass that biochemistry class. <laughs> yeah, sure. And now you're a father. So those relationships are important. And final point on that is for future recruits, because, you know, just like in basketball, March Madness is coming up. We already know after the tournament's over, this coach is going to get fired. He's going to take a job at this school. This guy's going to decommit, hit the portal. And all of a sudden, there's going to be tons of change. Prize are showing you right now if you want to come to Blacksburg. I kept 21 and 22 of my players from hitting the portal, and they all played in the bowl game. I just, I just extended every assistant coach I have. We're locked in, baby. Yeah. Why you want to go here? Miami, they won't have that coach in another few years. Crystal Ball won't be there. This coach won't be there. Mac Brown, I don't know. Is he going to be around? Yeah. I know I would say that if I'm recruiting a kid. That's the business. That's how it works. Absolutely, and it, it is huge for recruiting and that stability in that regard as well. Hey, man, before I let you go, who you got Sunday? You like the Chiefs or you like the Niners? Mahomes is the next Brady in a different way, um, and I'm a huge Brady fan. I think Brady's the GOAT. I think Montana's 1A and Brady's 1. Um, and, I, and that's just me. I don't want anybody to get in No, no, I get, say, it. I get oh, it. Oh, Marino, I, I don't I, – those debates will never be answered. I'm talking about what I like, and right. I love Mahomes. I like a lot of quarterbacks. I think, for me, my heart says the 49ers, because I think Purdy will be a great story. You know, I went undrafted, and I just feel like so many times, you know, we talk about recruiting in college and NFL, I think so many times, as hard as it is to figure out who's the right player, some of these guys miss on players, and it's cool to see Purdy. I mean, I know he's not Brady, but to be the last person pick, if you can win a championship. Yeah. I think also Shannon, I don't know him personally, but, I mean, he's been knocking on that door. But I also love Andy Reid. I know what he's going through. I know what he did for my cousin. I know he's a great guy. You know, he's had some issues, you know, personally with his son and all the different things, like his son, excuse me. Um, so it's a great matchup, and it's going to be a great day. I'm going to go with San Fran. I think they've been the most consistent, other than a few games late in the season, where we expected the Chiefs to be here, but there was a time in the season they were looking like they were going to miss the playoffs and their dynasty was over. And I just feel like, you know, you got two weeks to prepare. You can't really stop Mahomes. You have to slow him down. And, you know, they have Kelsey. Pacheco is is a great running back. I just – I'm going to go with San Fran and the, the nail-biter. But if Mahomes wins, man, you know, the people that don't like Brady are probably going to be happy because he's, he's closing in on them. But I would just tell everybody, man, enjoy the game. Can we just stop with all these shows yes. and these podcasts? Watch the game. Trying to right. talk about someone's <laughs> legacy when they have nine years left in their legacy. I, I don't know why we do that. I, I miss the days when guys like yourself, you do it, Rick, but people broke down matchups and previewed the game. Not this guy who's dating this person. And is he the best of all time? And he's only in year six. We don't know. Um, anyway, I'm, I'm off my soapbox. But I'm going to go with San Fran in a great nail biter. <laughs> All right. Well, I hope you're right. I hope it's a great game. I hope the officials stay out of the way, and it's just about football. I hope. I hope. Oh, that's... <laughs> thank you, thank you. I should have said that. That's even better stated. Yeah. Officials, please let it let it play out. <laughs> wow. it play Gosh, out. that's a great point. Yeah. <laughs> uh, great conversation, man. As always, I hope you and your fam enjoy the game, and uh, we'll talk again next week. 
Appreciate you. You as well, man. Take care. There you go. That's uh, Dwight Vick. Great stuff from him as always. Taking our final break. Coming back and wrapping it up after this. Thanks again, everybody. Thanks to Andy Bitter, Alex Guerra, and, of course, the White Vic. We'll see you tomorrow on the Finally Friday edition. Don't forget, it's the All Request Friday first hour. Will Stewart, Jen, and Mike Ashley. We'll see you tomorrow. Center for. I'm Ron Burgundy. You stay classy, New River Valley.